Hey guys, joining me today is lifestyle entrepreneur, productivity coach, and best-selling author, Dan Luca. Dan is a productivity expert and a 5 a.m. wake-up artist. He helps people create a lifestyle that balances family, health, hobbies, spirituality, and business so they can live their best life possible. He has created two online programs, the 5 a.m. productivity coaching for entrepreneurs and the 5 a.m. online club for more than 1,000 early risers. Dan publishes strategies and systems that he has tested on thousands of his own coaching clients on his blog, 5amhex.com. Thanks to his extensive hands-on experience, he can vouch for his methods without blinking an eye. He's also the author of three Amazon bestsellers, The 5 a.m. Revolution, The Dream Life Blueprint, and Productivity Superhero, Become the Most Organized and Disciplined Person You Know. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kalin. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's great to have you. So I'm super excited to talk about lifestyle design, discipline and purpose, waking up at 5 a.m. and morning rituals. But first, please take a minute, fill in the gaps from that intro and tell us how did you get started on your journey? Well, I started very early on during my high school years when I was the go-to person for my colleagues where they were having little personal dramas and I always had a, a compassionate ear to listen to their problems. Then moving on to the university years, I went on in a student organization in ISEC in the HR department where I started training to become a, a trainer and a public speaker. And then I moved on to my corporate years and I started working in the management department. So bit by bit, I was fulfilling my two passions at that time, and there still are, the one that where I was working with people and the one where I w was working with systems, complex systems, flows and processes. And in the end, I ended up mixing them together while working with people and optimizing their lifestyles and lifestyle designs. So right now I am a productivity expert and I'm taking the both sides from the professional life and the personal life and mixing together to give the, the people the best life possible. <laughs> awesome. So you you did start early on on this journey and you've worked with thousands of clients. And I wanted to ask you about this rather eccentric idea of waking up at 5 a.m. How did this ritual come into your life? Well, in 2009, I was beginning to to change careers. I was leaving my professional, my corporate life behind. And I was starting my coaching practice and working from home and having a newly born, only seven months old, was quite challenging. So I was working in the other room where my wife and son were staying. And my day was a mess. My work was a mess because I couldn't get much more done because there were a lot of interruptions, a lot of requests. And what I started to think about was getting up earlier so that I can get some work done before they were waking up. So I started waking up at 5 a.m. And what I noticed is that by 8 o'clock when my wife and son woke up, I was getting more than 50% of my work done. So... I kept studying this idea because it was fascinating to me that by 8 a.m. I would get 
half of my work done. So at some point I moved moved my office outside of the house, but I kept waking up at 5 a.m. But instead of working those hours, I started putting those hours into my own growth. So I would become better and better, having better energy, having better confidence, having better clarity. And at some point, I started incorporating these ideas in my coaching practice. And uh, long story short, my clients were getting ecstatic because their results skyrocketed and they were getting awesome results. And then the rest is history. I basically put my whole practice, my whole ideas around this 5M wake up uh, in the morning and morning rituals, basically. Okay, okay. That's really interesting. I've experimented with this myself. I have to say that it really increased my productivity. Probably it doubled or even tripled it. But I've been having a difficult time maintaining this habit. So please talk a, a little bit about the challenges that people face when they want to transition to waking up so early in the morning. Well, first of all, more than the technique is the why. If you don't have a a strong enough why, you won't last. That's pretty, pretty easy. And the thing is that it's a big difference between having no other options but to wake up in the morning and choosing to wake up early in the morning. And I can give you two examples of my father and my grandpa because my grandpa was a milkman and he was collecting milk from the surrounding villages a lot of years ago, actually. And he he would wake up at 4 a.m. and go out and do his thing before the milk would get to the city. So getting up at 4 a.m. and working up to maybe 8 or 9 a.m. and then coming back home and taking a nap and so on. And my father, even if he was an engineer, he was working the, the early shift from 6 a.m. So he would get up at 5 a.m. and would go to the plant to be with the, the workers in the factory. So he too had to wake up early and go to, to work. And you could say, well, then lucky you, you have it in your genes. No big <laughs> deal. It was easy for you to wake up early. So, But there's a big difference between having no alternative and actually choosing to. For sure, I I had to because of my newly born at the beginning. But as you can tell, to really maintain it when the pressure is not there is a completely different story. So the first thing that needs to be considered is the fact that you really have to want this, this time for yourself in the morning. Because in this day and age, it's quite easy to, to observe that you don't have pretty much time for yourself. It's everything is taken is taken up up to your eyeballs in, yeah. in a lot of stimuli, a lot of interruptions, a lot of demands from other people. And what some people would do is take the the late hours in the day from 10 p.m. on onwards to 11, 12, 1 a.m. maybe. And this is at least some some form of compensation because. We all need personal time to decompress and to reassess what we've experienced throughout the day and just to let our mind wander for a while. But the other thing is that these late hours actually don't add up to your goals and objectives because the energy late in the day is an energy that I like to call a lending energy. 
like you would land a plane, you know? Okay. It's not, it's not an energy that you would take off. It's not an energy of beginnings, okay. of, new, of new beginnings. So this energy is good to end the day, but if you want to grow, to expand, to take on new project, it's not fit for that kind of purpose. Okay. So That's a great distinction, by the way. Yeah. Yes. And it's fine. At least you have some time for yourself in the day because most of the days and most of the people don't even have time to fit themselves in their own schedule, sort of say. <laughs> That's true. That's so true. I, I, I used to say that some people don't even have a feature role in their own movie. <laughs> They're the extra in their own life. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's, it's quite sad. But at least they have some time for, for themselves in the evening. But the thing is, if you take up those hours and go to bed late, it's almost impossible to wake up early in the morning. Mm. And why wake up early in the morning? Because if you take... The same thing, you have like two hours in the evening or two hours in the morning. What's the big difference? Because it's quiet, you can do your own thing, you won't get bothered and so on. As I said, it's a different quality to the energy. If you really want to grow and improve, you would take up the energy in the morning because it's a takeoff energy, not a landing energy. So in order to do this... And to really shift from, let's say, a 7 a.m. wake-up time to a 5 a.m. wake-up time, the easiest way that I know is just take five minutes per week, you okay. know, okay. and wake up early five minutes each week and go to bed five minutes earlier in the evening. And in six months, with no effort, actually, you could go from 7 a.m. to 5 a.m. Wow, that's, and that's it. That's incredible. So actually, you encourage people to take tiny steps, baby steps. And yeah, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, you can take big leaps, but it requires a lot of willpower. And as you know, willpower is a limited resource. Yeah. And if you abuse it days on end, you will end up being depleted and your body will either get ill or suffer some pain and you will either way have to pull over and take some time to recover. So there's not, not a, a long-term strategy. You, indeed, you can pull an all-nighter or go without sleep for, or little sleep for days on end, but this is very, it's highly costly and in the end you, it will take its toll and you won't get you far won't ahead. You pay the price. Yeah. Yes. yes. It's, it's just a matter of time before you will get pulled over. So. Okay. <laughs> well, when I think about all the people that I know who are waking up early in the morning, 4 a.m., 5 a.m., even 6 a.m., that's something as well. Usually they are some of the most productive people that I know. So what does productivity have to do with your quality of life? Let's talk about this a little bit. Sure. Great. <laughs> the first time I came in, into contact with the 5M idea was from the writings of Robin Sharma and his 5M club. He inspired me to start thinking about this. But the fact is that I pondered this idea maybe for four or five years before I actually put it into practice for the only reason that I didn't know anyone personally that would wake up at 5M because he or she wants to and not has to. Mm. So lacking peers to actually do the same thing was a factor that was not helping a lot. So while pondering this idea, even though I 
thought about it and believed in it. I didn't know too many people to actually do it. So I, I started looking for thought out leaders and entrepreneurs or sportsmen that were actually waking up early. And I found the CEO of Apple, Tim Cook, or at the time, Serena Williams, Michael Phelps, the CEO of Disney, and so on, Robert Iger. And a lot of other people were waking up at 5 a.m. or even earlier than 5 a.m., Oprah Winfrey, among others. And they were getting ready to perform. And this was a big aha for me because when an, a professional athlete is getting ready to get into the arena, he takes time to warm up. A singer before entering the stage warms up. Why would not an entrepreneur before going to work warm up and be in his top condition before entering the, the stage, sort of speak, the, the business stage in this case? So I also know that The Rock, you know, the, the actor, yeah, actually has this routine where he takes three to four hours to prepare before going to rehearsal. And if he has a gig at 7 a.m., he would wake up at 3 and take all those hours wow. to prepare in order to be at his best shape before he performs. So this kind of engagement, this kind of high standard that you keep yourself up to is something that immediately draw my attention. Because all these people, they don't have to wake up at 5 or 4 or 6 to put bread on their family's table, yep. you know? Yeah. It's not something that they need to, but they want to, because in this way, they are at the top, top level, top performance. And there is another factor here. Most of the CEOs like to get things rolling, like to get things in motion. And if you wake up at seven, you are already behind because you have other people in your organization that have leadership skills that wake up at six or at five or at four, mm. and they start putting the ball into motion and you'll playing actually catch up all day because all those other people are way ahead of you and translating this in a sports term you will playing defense instead of playing offense in this way wow i never thought about it this way but yeah it makes a lot of sense absolutely <laughs> for sure all right, then this is all awesome stuff, but let's try and make it real for the audience out there. What are the first steps that they can take to accomplish this transition? So the very first step you said has to do with their why. The second step is to take maybe tiny steps. And then what are some choices that you would recommend for them to fill in that time that they gain? Sure, yeah. The funny thing is that when I started waking up at 5 a.m., I started doing it just to see if I could do it. And I would wake up at, at 5 a.m. And then it was dark, was silence, and I had nothing really to do. So I would go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because, okay, I did it now. I, I know I can do it, but there's nothing interesting to do now. No people are, no one is awake. So I'll just go back to sleep. <laughs> and, okay. and, and this is uh, this is quite funny because Sorry, just a sec. I have to confess that I went through that as well. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's like, okay, big, a big challenge. Is that really possible for me to wake up at 5 a.m.? Yes, it is. But why? Now what? <laughs> what now next? what? Yes. Sure. So the next thing was to actually put some meaningful things inside those 
hours that I gained by waking up so early. So as I said at the beginning, because I had no other stuff to do, I just worked. So, and I worked and I worked very well. And I was in two or three hours, I was completing 50% of what I had planned for the day, which felt really good. But then I, I, I start thinking about that the time could be used to some other things because I really had this insight that would really help me a lot to invest that time in myself to grow mm. even faster than I used to grow at that pace. So what I would do is that I would go and do things for my four intelligences, for my body, for my mind, for my emotions, and for my soul. Because what I found out is that if I would do this in the morning, I would be in my top shape throughout the day. And the thing is that self-sabotage or procrastination actually appear when you're not at your best. They appear when you lack energy, when you're not clear about the outcomes that you want to achieve, when you don't have enough confidence that you can deliver the result, or if on what you are working is not significant enough. So if you take care of these four elements first thing in the morning, in the first hour or first two hours, the likelihood that you will accomplish all things that you want are so much higher. So... What I would do is that go out and find the best habits for each of these four intelligences. And then I would practice this each day in order to be at my best, my best possible shape from the first hour of the day. Because as I said, a lot of businessmen actually don't take care of themselves in the morning. So they start the day and they drink some coffee, have some chat, answer emails or Catch talk on, on the phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe they get to an okay state after two or three hours after they started working, which is maybe 10, 11, 12 in the day, you know, mm. instead of being on your top shape at 6 a.m. after an hour of preparation. So basically you win at least six hours in a day. That's fantastic. No, that's a huge gain. I was wondering, may I ask you to share a few personal examples, a few personal habits for each four of the intelligences? Sure. I can give you my 10-step my morning ritual that has been refined over the years. What I, I really put a lot of emphasis on is that I really tested this morning ritual with thousands of my clients because... I am a man of my word. I walk my talk. So actually in my books on, and in any other materials that I write or interviews that I give, everything that I said is tested on myself and it's a way of life for me. And this is really, really important because I can vouch <laughs> for everything that I say or I write. And you have, you have an amazing quote. Actually, I quoted you a couple of times just, I think, last month. And it goes something like, I can only teach you what I am. I cannot teach you what I know. Yes. Yeah, I this love is that. my Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I live by this quote because otherwise I won't fulfill my highest value which is integrity and integrity for me is actually do what I say and say what I do. Absolutely. So, coming back to my to my morning ritual is that in order to fulfill all this, to really fill up with the resources that I need in order to be to have energy, clarity, confidence and significance, I start by drinking a, a big glass of 
water, hot water with lemon and turmeric. Then I would exercise. I would do a high-intensity interval training. I would do Hawaiian meditation. I would do a hot and cold shower with affirmations. Hmm. I would have a great breakfast from one of the leading nutritionists. I would journal. I would set up my priorities. I would connect those priorities with my 12-month goals. I would go and write a note to my wife or send an SMS in order to have a great day. Hmm. So all this put in one hour or maybe two hours if I read or write more extensively. Then what I would do is actually start the day on my best way possible. Have you recently went through a painful separation or divorce? Don't forget that I've made a commitment to serve 100 guys that are currently recovering from a painful breakup. Until September 1st, you have a rare opportunity to experience a free, two-hour, powerful coaching session with me. All you have to do is send me an email at hello at mensjourneytoday.com and we will schedule a call. Again, that's hello at mensjourneytoday.com. Remember, you don't have to do this journey alone. That's really awesome, Dan. This is all very, very great stuff. I'm sure the audience is learning a lot here. Now I was thinking to dive in a little bit deeper in lifestyle design. And I want to ask you a question about what does it actually mean to have clarity when it comes to strategic life planning? That's a very important question because you know that there's a saying... People actually spend more time planning their vacations than they spend planning their their life. Yeah, that's so true, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) It's so important not to to go with the flow. I mean, go with the flow after you actually dug up your your river, you know, to flow Mm. into something. Otherwise, you'll just drift away. You're not flowing anyway, anywhere. So, <laughs> so you're more like reacting to conditions. Yes. You're reactive, not proactive, something like that. Yes. I've been really interested in lifestyle design in the last three or four years because you know the saying, if you don't have a plan, someone else will have a plan for you. Yeah. If you don't work on your dream, someone else will hire you to work <laughs> for theirs. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's, that's very, very true. So... The thing is that those that take time to really clarify what their values are, what their roles in their life, what is their mission, what is what they want to accomplish in their life, what their legacy want to be. So these are all points that one person can really take time to think about in order to have this sort of a lifestyle design. But before taking a, maybe a day or three or I don't know, a personal retreat of some sort in order to think about this, all these issues. Maybe we can have an, an entire show about this sometime. Absolutely. <laughs> Is that you really need to know what actually fulfills you. And I define fulfillment by a way of living your values each day. So values are what is important to you. And if you take care of everything that is important to you, you'll have good days and you'll feel fulfilled. Because, I don't know, success is dependent on other people, on what what other people think about you and your work, and you cannot control it, and you can come and go fairly easily, but outside your control. And 
I don't know. It's not something that I actually look forward to chase, but I take the time to really think about what is really important and what really fulfills me because success can be a minute in an year, but fulfillment can be 24 hours every day, Mm, every day of the year. So because we actually want to be happy and happiness again, can be dependent on very specific factors that you, you're you not controlling. But if you define happiness as a way of fulfillment, then, it is, then it's in your control and you can act upon it in order to be what you want it to be. Hmm. You know? Okay. So going back to lifestyle design, the basic step that anyone can do is actually make a list of the things that really make them fulfilled, not just happy, but fulfilled. Mm. And when you have this list, you then can put a lot, as many as you can, of these things inside the day. When you plan your day, plan your professional things, but also plan your personal things that actually fulfill you. Because, and if you translate this to what is a productive life, which is really close to a fulfilled life because when we are productive, we grow and expand and we deliver value with an optimized cost of resources. So when you are productive and you are fulfilled, you basically have the best life possible, you know? Yeah. And and in order to, to have this, make that list and put as many things that actually fulfill you in that day because to be productive, you have to be well throughout the day it's not just about when you work it's what you do before work what you do after work how well you sleep how well you eat how well you exercise what kind of relationships you have with the people that you interact throughout the day what higher meaning do you place on your work and so on Hmm. so lifestyle design is basically finding your most important milestone in your life and actually Take care of those each day. Great stuff. Great stuff. Then I have one more question related to lifestyle design. And I'm very curious to know, how can we apply the Pareto law to our life? Actually, what is really interesting is that when you set priorities, you actually take the unnecessary out of your life. There is a saying that goes like this. If you have time to do everything that you plan to do, you're actually wasting time. Or you, <laughs> you, you are actually doing things that you should not be doing at all. Okay. And that's why I, in my 5M daily plan template, I encourage people to find the top three priorities in a day and actually schedule those first and then only schedule whatever else is left there. So start by putting those three priorities in place, making clear what is the outcome that you want to deliver and schedule the time to do it and do them. And only after that, do priority four, five and so on. Because if you actually deliver three top things each day, you'll have like 90 top things in in a month and have several hundred in a year, which is enormous. You'll get close to 1,000 in a year. And if you really take time to think about this, it's gigantic, it's enormous. And it will easily put you in top 
five or maybe even one percent of your field. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you're so right. The only thing that I wanted to add is that people, as you said, are usually chasing success. And there is a big distinction, huge distinction between being fulfilled and being satisfied or experiencing a short-term success. Huge, huge difference. And building your life with clarity is a sure way to get to that fulfillment. It's a sure way to get to lasting fulfillment in your life. Yes, that's true. As I said, there is a, a program, I think it's called I Stop Chasing Success Because It Makes It Made Me Too Unhappy <laughs> or something, something like that. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. No, it sounds counterintuitive, but actually it's, it's so, so true. Yeah. No, but the interesting thing is that if you actually want to be fulfilled, success and happiness will follow. You know, because if you are content with yourself and you live your own, your highest truth and do the things that are most important to you, you'll be charismatic. You'll, you'll stand out from the crowd. You'll, you'll have a no bullshit approach to anything that you touch and go about. So this is so rare that it will put you in a league of your own. So by really trying to be fulfilled, <laughs> you, you'll be, I don't know, so apart from everyone else, you'll stand out from the crowd and you'll, you'll be magnetic to other people, absolutely. literally. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. All right. Then, as we are reaching the final part of the show, I'm going to ask you a few more questions, personal questions that will give the audience invaluable pieces of wisdom that will help them on their journey. So are you ready for the fire round? Sure. Fire away. <laughs> All right. Here's the first question. If you were to recommend one book that every man must read, what would it be and why? Going along with what I've said earlier, I would say Essentialism by Greg McKeon, because there are a few things that really stand out from this book. One would be that the way of the essentialist means living by design, not by default, as we talked already before. Yeah. And also, Essentialism is a disciplined systematic approach for determining where our highest point of contribution lies, then making execution of those things almost effortless. And another point that really stands out from this book is that I can do anything, but not everything. Wow, that's, wow, that's probably the most powerful distinction I've heard this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because setting your priorities and aligning them with your values and your mission and the other important things in your life actually it does you don't even need to do everything because not everything is as important as those top one two or three things in the list so i would say essentialism by far is my go-to book okay. <laughs> this year at least yes <laughs> that's one for my reading list okay thank you for that here's the second question if you had the opportunity to talk to your 20-year-old self, what advice would you give him? What would you tell him to do differently? Well, the, the good news about this question is that I, I would not have too many things to do that I would want to do differently. One thing that I would reassure my younger self is just to, be, to trust my true self. Hmm. Because I'm highly intuitive and... It paid out handsomely in all these years. 
going on, I would allow my allow myself to try even more things and eventually making more mistakes, taking more risks. And a funny thing is that while doing all these experiments and all these projects and going in all these different places, maybe you remember, as Steve Jobs said one time, that you can connect the dots only going backwards, only looking backwards. Absolutely. And looking backwards, it all made sense. <laughs> and the thing is that it's not the decision that is most important, is the is taking responsibility of the outcome. And if at any point, at any juncture in the road, at any crossroad that you may come, there isn't really any right or wrong decision. It's just a decision that you assume the consequences or you don't assume the consequences. Because what I really found out, and I'm really glad that I am at peace with this, is that there are many roads to the top of the mountain. So in the end, if you really want to get to a place, those roads will lead you to the top of the mountain. All right. I love it. <laughs> and here's the final question. Then, please share a piece of advice that your father never got to tell you or he didn't know about being a man in today's world. I'm talking about information or advice that would have changed everything in your adult life. One that you will be sure to share with the future generation. So, my father is my most important role model to this day due to his kindness, altruism, creativity, and probably above all, integrity. The thing that I would have liked a lot to see more in him, to be inspired by him, is to be in a leadership role. But because most of his professional life was under communism, and the conditions were such that leadership was not encouraged, and he... Even though he was offered multiple or numerous leadership positions, he declined most of them because, in fact, he didn't have any leadership tools at his disposal because everything was so planned and strict and everything else. So, actually, he didn't act as a leader more. And I, I wasn't able to see him in a leadership role to be inspired by him and wanting this for myself more. But even if this happened, I actually got a lot of opportunities to be in a leadership position, which most of them I took, and <laughs> some of them went well, some of them went really bad. But in the end, I was really glad that I took them. And I don't know, I would have been more confident maybe if I would have seen him in a leadership position and maybe getting some tips from him or encouragements in this area. But due to the fact that he was not in that role for too many opportunities, this was not at the level that I would have wanted it to be. Hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Dan. Thank you. Okay, before we say goodbye, please share with us the projects that currently excite you and where can people find you? Sure. So... You mentioned the websites, the 5mhex.com and 5mcoaching.com. These are my blog and my coaching program. Also, people can look me up on the Amazon, on Dan Luca, for those three books that you, you mentioned also before. And right now, I'm, I'm working on a software with my partner that will help a person achieve seemingly impossible objectives in the next 90 days. 
and it's still in the making and we hope to make the launch in September. It will be a desktop desktop app and followed by a mobile phone app, of course. Another project that I'm involved right now is that I'm getting published in India and seven other neighboring countries. And shortly after in Spain and in Romania. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And another fun project that I'm involved right now is something that I I called the monthly challenges. And I started by having a monthly challenge of cold showers. Then I had a monthly challenge with a book per day. Then the great declutter. Mm. (laughs) And followed by one person appreciated per day. And right now I'm doing this challenge with a few hundred people about one question per day when people actually answer to a question each day. It's a form of writing and of self-exploration. And people are really, really happy about this because I give them questions that probably they haven't asked them before. And these questions actually take them into places that they've never been before. And they are quite happy about exploring what else is there for them. And also one final project is that I will be launching another edition of the 5M Extreme group coaching, probably in autumn, which is a productivity and balance program through habit implementation. It also has gamification prizes and a retreat in southern Spain for those that win it because it's a it's sort of a contest. Wow. (laughs) It's a personal development program with very nice prizes at the end. (laughs) So I encourage each of those people to really do their work and be at least 100%. Yeah, (laughs) at least 100% committed to to what we're doing because it will pay out handsomely on multiple levels for them. (laughs) That's so cool. That's so cool, Dan. So again, guys, be sure to reach out to Dan. I will leave all the links that he mentioned in the show notes. Dan, thank you again for joining us today. And I'm looking forward to having you soon on the Men's Journey Today podcast in the future. Thank you, Kalin. It was really, really fun. We should do this again. And thank you for, for listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, till next time. Take care. Take care.